Amen. Praise God. Y'all got those screens ready. Tonight we're going to teach a little bit about the glory. And uh, we have been experiencing the glory, new realms of glory. I, I so registered with something he said about the fire. Because in intercession tonight, I saw an angel that looked about the size of a football field. This thing was huge. And the whole body of his makeup was fire. He had flowing hair that was fire. He had a sword that was nothing but fire. And even his face was fire. Everything about him. And he was completely huge. And I saw him walking. He's walking. He's moving like in this, I mean, he's here. This angel is being released to do something in this, this part of the earth. Amen. This thing was huge. So it's, I mean, it's like explosion of fire is going to happen. Praise God. So we're going to teach about the glory. We've been building on the glory. In Genesis 2-7, it talks about how that the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. We were created for the glory. That breath of life, that was not oxygen. That was not the air. The air was here. That was not the oxygen in the air. That was the glory of God. He breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. And he breathed in glory. And the word talks about how they were clothed. They, they were clothed in glory. We were created to, to live in the glory. You know, Stephen talked about how can he just maintain that every day, every day. But we were created to do that. We were created for the glory. In the glory is everything. We were created to live connected to his presence. Drawing our very life from his presence. The glory is the presence of God. It is the atmosphere of heaven like the air is in the atmosphere of earth. The atmosphere of heaven. You, be, you are experiencing the atmosphere of heaven. Even... Even as we worship, we, we get more and more of that atmosphere. Amen? Because we begin to change. We begin to have the perspective of heaven. Because we don't have an earthly perspective anymore. The more glory that we encounter, all of our perspective changes into the perspective of heaven. We begin to hear God. We begin to see like God. We begin to experience like God. His realm of the glory realm. The glory realm is the original life environment from which we were created. It is not foreign. There may be some of, some of you that are struggling saying, but I just want to experience some of that. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I'm just saying, listen, there's such a residue here. There's so much glory that is stirring now that you just need to be in the general vicinity and you're going to experience some of the glory. Everything in the glory is, is that is good and everything that is what we need is in the glory. Everything is good. 
and everything that we need is in the glory because we were created to be sustained, perpetually sustained by the glory. Amen? By His presence. The presence of God is the environment that we were created for. Before God created anything, He prepared the environment that would perfectly sustain it. He created the oceans and the rivers, and then he created the fish that swim in it. He created the firmament, firmament, I can't say that, in the heavens, and then he created the stars and the planets and gravity. He created all things before that needed to sustain the ultimate creation. He created the Garden of Eden, the perfect setting for man. And then he created man, and he brought him to life with his breath. His very presence brought him to life. That is what we were created for. Eden means pleasure or delight. We were created to live in pleasure and delight. Like Stephen was saying, how he just wanted to stay in that spot because there's something glorious happening. The pleasure and the delight, we were created for that. That's why when things aren't going well, we're out of sorts. When, when, when we're experiencing pain, we're out of sorts. Something's wrong because we weren't created for that. We weren't created for stress. We weren't created for pain. We weren't created for death. We were not created for any of that. We were created for the glory and his presence and delight and goodness. Amen. So that garden, garden signifies an enclosure or a fenced place, a place that is hedged and protected. So that's what the garden is. It's a fenced place. It's protected. It's hedged. It's covered. And then it's a place of delight and pleasure. So it protects, it covers, surrounds. It's a moving spot. It's a manifested point in time from glory to glory. Don't you understand that the Garden of Eden is just not some geographical location? It was a point of God's manifested presence in the earth that they moved and lived. They moved from glory to glory. They lived and breathed in that presence. That's what we create here in this atmosphere, especially on glory nights or pastor's conferences. Such a glory begins to be released that it, a manifested, manifold presence of God is released. And it's a spot in time that we can be in that garden, that fenced, protected, safe surrounded, covered, glory, garden of Eden, of delight and pleasure and joy. We were created for that. Second Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplated the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as we are in the glory, we are being transformed. Something changes in us because then we become more of who we were created for. 
When we've been living in a world full of sin and wickedness, we're like a fish out of water. We're not in our right environment. But as we get in the presence of God, oh my gosh, life comes in. We're transformed. We're like, <gasps> like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> We're shaking all over. It's just life infusement. His DNA is activated into us. A delightful spot of glory that God dwells. God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. He's all the time. He's everywhere, bigger than anything we can imagine. But we don't recognize or see him manifested everywhere on the earth. I want to tell you there's two dimensions. There's parallel, parallel existences. We were created to live up here. Not on the one down here. Amen? Parallel existences. It says he manifests himself where he is welcomed. He manifests himself. In other words, we begin to see. We begin to have the perspective. We begin to have the visions, the images, the sounds of God. How do we do that? How does he do that? He does that where he is welcomed. When we want him. We need him. We seek him. We desire him. We long for him. We pant for him. I've got to have you, God. I've got to have your presence. I need you like the air I breathe. I need you, God. He's welcome. He's desired. Where he is honored, we honor him with everything that's in us, with all of our resources, every fiber of our being, we acknowledge him. We honor him. We worship him. He manifests himself where there is righteousness and right relationship. I want to say this up front. If you have anything that you need to repent for, do it now. Get under the blood right now, right now. Get under the blood, get in right relationship. Amen. Get it all out right now in Jesus name. Get under the blood, get in right relationship. That's where he manifests, where we allow the gates, the portals of heaven. And I say we allow them. Because listen, he is ready. He is ready to open windows and gates and portals and heavens and floods. He is ready to unleash all of heaven in a moment. But we have to allow him. We have to be so focused on him and so connected and, and in tune with him that those things just happen naturally. Amen. We allow the gates, the portals to open with our expectations, our belief and our faith. I'm going to tell you when you get in the glory, your belief and your faith and your expectations go through the roof. Because you're not held back because you're experiencing him and there's no limitations. The limits are off of God. Amen. Woo. 
We believe in who he is and all his goodness and all of his majesty. Amen. God is omnipresent. In Genesis 28, 12, Jacob saw a glimpse of the gates and the portals that said he dreamed that there was a ladder, there was a stairway placed on the earth. And at the top of it reached out, it was out of sight, but it was towards the heaven. And he saw the angels of God, the angels were ascending and descending on the ladder. And he said, surely this is the place of God. This is the gate of heaven. And that's what it is. Angels are all about us even now. They are waiting. They are waiting for the commands. They are waiting for you to believe. They are waiting for you to whisper in belief and faith. And they will ascend into heaven. They will ascend into that portal. And they will bring it back. And they bring it back on the currency. That the, they bring it back on the glory. That's what transfers. That's like the, the glory is the, the transfer of what they travel and move on. It's a light that they move. We can't always see them because our eyes have been shielded from that form of light. Paul saw that light for a moment and he was blinded. He was blinded. He was struck down blinded until the Lord healed him but there's a light there's a glory and this is where all of heaven moves and earth it becomes one in a moment amen so mankind fell Romans 3 23 for all of sin and falls short of the glory of God the whole story of the Bible it's the story of the glory man was created in the glory, for the glory, with the glory. And then he fell short. He fell short of the glory. Sin caused and causes a disconnect from the life of God. Adam and Eve, they were exiled from the Eden, from the glory. The glory is not a place, it's an environment. Because when sin entered, it's like, their eyes could no longer see the spiritual realm. They couldn't see the angels. They couldn't see God. They couldn't see what he was doing. Then they began to look at the dust on the earth. And then there were thorns and thistles. And then it was hard. And then that's what they saw. They began to see the earth and all the problems. That hardness. But when they begin, to, when we begin to focus on God and the glory is released and then we begin to look at him, then everything is restored. It's all about restoration of the glory. The glory is not a place, it's an environment. They began to know death. They were spiritually and physically, they died. They lost touch with the glory. They lost touch with God. They hid from him. Shame came on them. Condemnation came on them. They were hiding. So we are not created to be doomed to a state of spiritual death. We were not created to experience death. We were not created for that. We don't like it. Adam and Eve lost the essence of who they were as human beings made in the very image of God. But it, listen, 
There was such a residue of glory on Adam. It took 930 years for for his body to actually stop functioning. Even though he died that day that sin entered. So the the residue of the glory on the earth kept him and his descendants living lengthy days. Life outside the natural environment. When something is removed from its natural environment, it will die on its own. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They got removed from the glory. They got removed. A fish will die of dehydration when it's removed from water. A plant meant to live in the earth, if uprooted, it will wither and it will die. We don't have to actively kill it. It will just die. Likewise, man experiences the process of death from the moment of birth. The time clock begins ticking towards death. Sin brought a curse of lost relationship with God. We are unable to live in accordance to the life that we were created for because we lost the glory. Amen? And so there's that time clock ticking and it's death. Like the fish takes a while. He's flapping and flopping. He's not in the water anymore. He's struggling. He's gasping. That's what happened to us. That's what happened to man. First Samuel 4.21, it says, Then she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God had been captured because her father-in-law and her, of her husband. The glory departed. So when sin came in, the glory departed. They were exiled from the garden of Eden, the place, the fenced in, the protected, the moment in time of delight and pleasure. They were exiled. That's what happened to us. So what we have is we have a whole uh, we have a whole earth trying to survive in Ichabod. They're trying to survive without the glory. We've got churches that become religion. We've got ministers living in secret sin, double lives. We have people all doing their own thing because they're so full of pride. There's such unholiness, sickness, death, wickedness, continued sin, addictions. Go on and on and on without the glory. Because we were not created to live like that. We were created to live in the glory. We were created to exist, walk, live, have our being in the glory. And it doesn't work if we don't have it. We can't survive without the glory. But there's a plan to restore the glory. 2 Peter 3, 9, it said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that you live another day without the glory. He's not willing. He has a, he has a plan to restore the glory. What is that plan? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. God sending his son to be born on the earth. He was born. He grew as the perfect sinless man on earth. Dying in our place and taking our punishment for sin with justice and righteousness being established. Jesus being raised from the dead, he ascended into heaven and he conquered sin and death. He bought our glory back. Hallelujah. He got it back. 
Amen. Jesus, he's our hero. He got the glory back. Restoring the glory, Hebrews 2.10, for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus is our captain. Amen. And listen, he... He was the captain of the ship. He's the captain of your ship. And that captain went down with the ship and he rose again. Amen. And when he rose, he brought all the glory back. All glory, all honor, all power is given unto him. Amen. He restored the glory. Through Jesus, we, we received the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, but it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in honor and glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. We have a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. Whew. That's who we are. Through Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. Glory to glory. But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We see him and his glory. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as by the spirit of the Lord. We are carriers of the glory. <laughs> his presence through his indwelling spirit. We are portable gardens of Edens. Woohoo! Take note. Learn that. We are portable gardens of Edens. We are portable coverings, fenced in, protected, flowing, love, delight, pleasure, goodness, blessing, portables. Woo. Access to the original environment through the blood of Jesus. We have an access to the original environment of the glory for which we were created, from which we have our being, from which our whole image was formed through the blood of Jesus. Jesus gave us the glory. Ho, ho, listen to this. John 17, 22, and the glory which you gave me, Father, he gave it to Jesus. He said, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one, that we can be one with Jesus and one with our Father. The more glory you experience, the more you become like Him, you become lost in Him, you become like Him. And then you become a living, breathing, speaking spirit. And then when you speak, oh my gosh, things change. Whew. We are living, breathing, speaking spirit. Life-giving spirits. Praise God, he gave us the glory. Exodus 33, 17 through 18. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. 
that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight. I know you by name. He knows you. He knows you by your name. He has your name written in the palms of his hands. You are the apple of his eye. You're the thing that he protects if somebody were to try to touch. That pupil will not be touched. You are written in the Lamb's book of life. You are written on him, in his heart. You have a seal. You are marked. You belong to him. He knows you by your name. And he and Moses said, please show me your glory. And you know, with that, the Lord began to show him just his backside of the glory. And you know, when you think about that, that backside, what does that mean? That means God has already walked. And this change has happened. That means you're not looking at it as, as if it's too happened. It's too happened. No, this thing is just, it just happened. You're not a wanting and a wishing and a begging and a crying and a pleading. You, you're looking at the residue, the back. He's done walk by. It's already done. Amen. Show me your glory. So the kabod, let's talk about that. You, many of you have, know what this is. Some of you might be new. If you've been in this ministry long, you're going to experience some of these things, but you're going to experience the kabod. What is that? That's like the weight, the weight of the glory, the splendor, the abundance, the great honor, the glory, the glorious, the wealth, the beauty, the majesty, the reputation of God, supreme governor, the deity, the magnificence, the strength, the dignity, the respect, the holiness, the greatness, the influence of God, the substance of God, perfection of God, the brilliance, the praise. These are just a few words. Amen. That represent the kabod, that glorious, glorious so I want to talk about this and I want to teach this because in this ministry we move with words of knowledge. We move in the glory and then often there are prophetic words that come out. I want to go over this scripture so that, so that you will understand what's happening when a word of knowledge comes out. In Mark 10, 46-52, it talks about how blind Bartimaeus he was on the road and he heard Jesus was coming and he cried out. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him. They said, hey, be quiet, be quiet. You're disturbing everything. He cried out even more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. He stood still. He got stopped in his track. And he commanded him to be called. So he told Jesus, told his disciples, go call him. Go get him. And so the disciples again came. It says, so then Jesus stood still and called him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. 
This is what's happening in a word of knowledge. Jesus is calling you. And he's saying, be of good cheer. Because Jesus just called your, your ticket. He just called your number. He just called your name. He just called what you needed. He just called your miracle. And that's what we are. When, we're, when the word of knowledge comes forth, we are the messenger. We're the disciple that goes, hey, hey, be of good cheer. <laughs> you, we, you know, you just got called. You just got called. Your time is now. It says, be of good cheer. He is calling you and throwing aside his garment. He rose and he came to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, when a word of knowledge comes forth and we're in the glory and anything spoken and if it registers with you, he just called you. You can throw off your beggar's robe. You can throw off your crying robe. You can throw off your defeated robe. You can throw off your condemnation. You can throw off your unforgiveness. You can throw off your shame. Because he just called you. He just called you. So you can throw it all off. And he rose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do? When he calls you, you tell him what you need. And guess what? He said that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said, hey, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. That's how it works. That's how the word of knowledge works. That's how when the glory is here, anything's spoken. And I'm telling you, you can be like Hannah and pray in a whisper. And God hears you. He sees you. He knows you. He's been waiting for you. He's got angels ready to go. Beings moving at such a speed, a light that we cannot see because it moves so fast. And you can ask the Lord to open your spiritual eyes. In the glory, you will see some things. You will hear some things. You may hear the wings of angels. You may hear, you may feel the winds of the fire. You may, you may experience all kinds of things. Because there are beings around us and they are ready and they are moving. Amen. And the Lord is unleashing a fire, an angel fire that is huge. And it's for this whole area. What's happening at the pastor's conferences and all those ministers, they are going back to their congregations. This thing is going to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Where did Carrie go? Okay. Amen. Praise God. Man, I'm I'm just charged tonight. I'm so expectant tonight. Charged. If somebody can hit the lights in the back for me, please. And if I could have my beautiful wife Paige and my bestest sister Lee. We're going to take communion. We can, um, Chris, if you'll kind of help direct traffic, if I can have the left side start, you guys come down.